No watching from the side Said that you got up next Well go ahead and show them why No limits in the sky What up everybody? Welcome to another edition of Up Next The podcast where we tell you who's up next in youth sports uh, We got some special guests today We're going to be talking about track and field We know we got the Olympics coming up We got the Junior Olympics coming up So we talk, we'll talk. we be talking about all that But first, of course, I'm Jamal Murphy And I got my co-host Colleague Green in the house What's up, man? Peace, man. I'm happy to be getting away from basketball for a little bit and, you know, get on this track. <laughs> no doubt about it. So, like I said, we got a few, three special guests. Um, we're going to be talking to coaches at the Beast Mode Track Club out of Houston. Uh, we got Coach Roderick Boyd, Coach Devin Noel, and Coach Stephanie Merritt. You know, Beast Mode Track Club is doing their thing. They got about five to ten kids at the top of their age groups in the 100, 200, 400, 800, and the, the relays. So uh, we're going to get into all that. Um, but, you know, thank you guys for joining us. Happy to be here. All right. We'll, we'll start with, we'll start with coach Boyd. Uh, tell us about, tell us a little bit about the program, how it got started. Um, you know, how you got into track and field yourself, all that good stuff. All right. Well, like I said, first off, I'm Coach Boyd. Uh, I ran track in high school, college. Um, I actually became a teacher in 2008 and, uh, in the inner city. And we were looking for programs to get the kids off the streets. Like after school, they didn't have like that, that mid-between when school hours ended and having to be in the house at 3 o'clock to 4, I mean 3 o'clock to 8 o'clock time. So we was looking for different programs to start, and the kids were like all athletes. I felt like they were athletes, and they just didn't have guidance. You know, they were raising themselves. So we decided to just put the program together. Uh, we started off with basketball on some days. Then we started with the track program, and then, like, all of a sudden, track kind of just took off because they were actually winning. So everybody started buying into the process. And so that's when it all really kind of started, like right around 2000. 11 when we first initiated and got it off the ground and from that point on man it's been it's been crazy it's been growing ever since we we populated from we've grown from one little small neighborhood to having like eight teams um all together covering three different states so that's how that's that's where we are right now wow three different states what states are you guys in so we're, we're in texas of course we're in louisiana and we're in kentucky Okay. Same question for uh, Coach Noel. What do you, uh, you know, how'd you get into it? And what's the experience been like so far for you? And well, um, I've been running track pretty much all my life. I ran on the college level at Arkansas State and uh, moved to Houston by way of Memphis, Tennessee. And I knew that I wanted to get in the game and give back to kids that was just coming up like I was one day. Uh, and I had like two or three kids I was doing private lessons with and helping them out. And I was at the track one day and ran into Coach Boyd. And we actually saw each other several times over the course of maybe maybe four or five months. And we would just speak. And I'd be doing my thing and he was doing his with the team. And one day he just reached out to me and was telling me about the program. And I immediately bought into it. And uh Two or three people I was helping out with, I let them practice with Beast Mode, and 
Coach Boyd um, immediately just kind of trusted me and listened to the knowledge that I could bring in and took me under his wings and been like a mentor ever since. Mm. And uh, Coach Merritt, tell us, you know, how you got into it. Uh, for for f- full disclosure, uh, Stephanie Merritt is married to uh, my boy Kenya Merritt, who I've known since grade school, played CYO basketball him in Brooklyn. Um, so tell us how you got involved. And I know you got two kids who are who are beasting out there themselves. We also would like to get her husband up here at one point, because I'd like to know how good you were in CYO, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, neither, that's neither here nor there, man. Go ahead, go go. ahead Coach. Sorry. We're going to get them on. I digress, Coach. My fault. <laughs> you tell it. You tell it. <laughs> um, actually, my kids brought me back to track. I ran a club track just like this uh, in Baltimore City. I ran for, they're, they're no longer around, but TJ Northwest Striders. And that was my first introduction to track. Loved it, fell in love with it, ran all the way through high school. College had uh, some different plans for me, but um, my son, he just, I mean, honestly, he just kept running around the house. He just, he just wouldn't stop running. And I said, well, if you're gonna do all this running, you might as well get a medal. And that's what sort of started this whole thing and coming back to track. And you know how it is, you know, when you leave a sport that you love, and then you're around it again. You want to be a part of it again. And so it was great to be able to work with Coach Boyd and Coach Noel. And they really, um, they've taken me under their wings, kind of helping to, you know, refresh me. Because the sport, I mean, scientifically and training and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the sport has grown leaps mm-hmm. and bounds. It's, it's completely different, you know, than when uh, I was competing. So I'm excited to learn about the new techniques and the training. And it shows. I mean, the product is, is on the track. The proof is in the pudding. So uh, just uh, went in track is a commitment. Club track is a commitment, especially here in Texas. Um, I can't really speak for Maryland because, I mean, when I ran track, indoor was really big, uh, probably due to weather. But here, since we have good weather year round, the track season can kind of be extended. And so um, it's uh, it's ultra competitive here. And uh we've been, you know, we were there for so long that I told my daughter, I said, well, you're going to run too, because we basically (laughs) were constantly at track. And um, who knew? Coach Boyd luckily speaks my daughter's language, and uh, she'll run for him. And uh, she had a really great, uh, I I would say this is like her first full year. She had a really great first full year. So um, that's what's kind of brought me back to the sport. And uh, we're excited to do it. We're excited to be a part of it. I was always taught that a name is better than gold. So where did you get the name Beast Mode? That's what I that that, that, that that's been on my mind, Coach. I, I, I guess that goes to you, Coach Boy. Yeah. So I well to be honest, I had while I was when I first came into coaching when I um, started teaching, I used to have like a couple of kids. They were like I used to think they were like beasts, like. Yeah, like a kid, he was probably like 6'3", 227 pounds in the seventh grade. And he was, he was play. he played running back, quarterback, fullback, halfback. In the position you put him at, he played it. And he was like super fast. Like, and I would be like, well, this kid is just a super beast. He's like subhuman. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and like every game, like he would average like 200, 300 yards in middle school, talking about it. just giving the ball. Everybody really didn't want to tackle him. And so that's kind of where the beast where it always came from. So then we were sitting down one day, we were just coming up with different names, like what do you want it to be, whatever, whatever. And we just like 
You know what? Let's. I think I like those the Oregon duck colors. So let's let's kind of take us off from that because it's kind of loud and right. it stands out. And we're gonna go with beast mode. Then I end up kind of doing a whole little song for beast mode. <laughs> when the song they heard the song, it kind of stuck. So everybody's like, "All right, we riding." So that's where the beast mode kind of came from. Yes, it's, it's intimidating. If I'm a, if I'm a, on the other side, man, I'm intimidated by that name, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the story behind it. We always tell the kids, though, to wear the name, you got to live it. You got to yes, be sir. Yeah, yes, you sir. got to kids. So you gonna, if you're running with us, we expect great things from you. And, and luckily, that's what we've been getting. Like We got a lot of kids you know, outside of the box. We we believe in, in, in quality over quantity, you know. Mm-hmm. And so if we got right now, if we talk about like 52 to 57 kids that we may have just in our area, we can say that we've taken – 40, 42 of them to Junior Olympics. So mm. we, we put out a hell of a product, I must say. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so let's stay there. Tell us about, like, the kind of success you've had, how how you think you've gotten there. Let's, let's start with that. Like, like talk about this the success you've had and how, you know, what, what it really took to get there. Well, starting out, man, actually, it just took a lot of, you had to believe it. You, you you have to believe, it, especially starting it in neighborhoods that's just poverty stricken. You you got to believe because you have to be the parent. Like they're raising themselves in the neighborhoods where we come from. So it's kind of like you step in. First of all, you're trying to start the program and take them off the streets so, so they wouldn't be getting in trouble. And then you you develop a program, they buy into it. So then you got to worry about, okay, we got to get them there because they didn't have transportation or parental support. So you're everything to them. Then when they start succeeding, you got to make sure you can take care of the food. You got to make sure you can take care of their whole well-being from the morning to the evening time. So that's a process in itself amongst being a coach. You got to understand that that's what it's going to take. And if you give up on them, then they sooner or later they're going to go back to where they were. But we withstood all that. And over time, like I can say from the start, from 2012 to now, we can actually say we got like, Probably like 13 kids full ride um, scholarships. We got uh, we got a couple of kids that you will probably see in the NFL within the next year or so. We got a couple of kids who we got two kids who um, actually one kid is on the verge of signing MLB. Um, he's going through the courses right now, or whatever, to see what he wants to do. But it's it's really really been huge. It's been a success story, and it's just starting to carry over. Uh, even while developing, like at first I was kind of like doing it by myself because it was a trust issue. I mean, you would go, people would come and people would go, but you kind of want to have the right people around you that you can trust that has the same mindset as you. So to be able to have Coach Coach Noel, Coach Steph coming in with the same kind of mindset because I'm a I'm a nitpicker. I'm a I'm a watch, develop and kind of see what they're gonna do when I'm not around, how they relate to the kids. And so now it's just more of the trust has been formed. I can I believe in what they do. It's the same way. It's like a big family. So we, we kind of bleed in the same blood. Uh, and that's how we come at it. It's, it's Right now, I can say every year we've always had, let's put it like this here. If Just say if we was running 100 meters um, at some age levels or whatever it may be, we'll always put two. When we're talking about the United States. We're not just talking about here in Texas. We're talking about in the finals whether it be in North Carolina, Iowa, Virginia, wherever it be, we're going to have at least two kids standing in the finals on the line right. in multiple races. So, and That's it's big time. developing the product. 
Absolutely. We're not we're not going out trying to do what other teams do, find the kids that's superstars in high school or and trying to add them to the team. And we we develop the kids. So I think that's what makes us different from everybody else. And we yeah. say develop. How, what what age group do you start with? We start we start at five. We started five, but really, in reality, like mine started at three. When they put on pamphlets, we ready for them to come out. Really. <laughs> you're not going. You're not going to the hospitals to recruit, are you, Coach? <laughs> like, like if I thought it was a window of opportunity, we might look at a few of them if they're crawling pretty fast. Or, hey. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> put that beast mode on. Um, Logo on the pampas, baby. Hey, he, Coach, Coach Noel could attest to it. He, his, he has a newborn with he, the lo, what is it? The oh, uh, the baby uh, beast. Yeah, baby beast. I have a six month old, and literally from I think he was maybe two months, two months old. The first time I brought him out to the track, I had him in the harness on my chest, and now. Every pretty much every track meet that that my wife is like it's not too hot for him. He he's at the track with me and people are watching him and he's literally sitting down and he wants to face the track and he wants to watch and mm. I'm, I'm teaching him early. Yeah, yeah, I see you, I see you. <laughs> I go to Coach Steph. Talk to me about um, you know what it's like training these kids from a, you know from from a young age. Um, how and also how you. Like what you look for in terms of, you know, whether you feel like they have potential, uh, you know, in the game. Um, well, when they come out, especially if they come out at five, really, it's more of like an introduction, just getting them to understand that they got to come out, they got to run, they got to work. I think that's the hardest part. <laughs> it's just getting a baby to run. Um, and so that first year is is getting used to and also getting used to competition, getting them out to the to the track meets, getting them to understand that you know, the goal is to win and what to do. And, you know, form is a little tricky for them to understand at that point. And, you know, maturity in terms of racing and stuff like that. But as they go on and once they get that introduction, especially the earlier, the better, you know, you start to see the production really happen and grow. I mean, you always have the kids that come out and they're like good right away. You know what I mean? They just, they get it, you know, or um, the ones that really do excel are the siblings. The siblings who have been at the track, they've seen their brother or sister run. And then when it's their time, they just, you know, they just explode. Um, but the, for that first year, so that 8U is when they really kind of start. And uh, in AAU, we call those primaries. And so, you know, when you're five years old and you're running against eight-year-olds, it's tough, right? You know, you got a long way to go. But once they turn eight, uh, they really, um, that's, that's kind of like their time to shine. And that's their time to really, you know, uh, make their kind of like stamp on the sport. Um, but even kids who come uh, a little older, um, I think Coach Boyd and Coach Noel are really great at allowing the athletes to kind of let them know where they want to be and what they want to do. They really do give them a lot of room to mature and grow uh, into where they want to be. Because, you know, you've got some kids who, you know, the 100 meters is flashy, right? Everybody wants to run the 100 meters. Everybody wants to be that fast, you know? Um, but once they, they start to get a taste of, oh, wow, wait a minute. I'm really good at the 400. Matter of fact, case in point is my son, Carson couldn't stand the 400 meters, thought he could, you know, run the hundred and coach Devin and coach Noel. I mean, they knew, I mean, coach Noel and coach Boyd, they knew right away that, you know, this kid is going to be something special in the 400. So they kept pushing him, kept pushing him, kept pushing him. 
And now it's his race. I mean, this is what he wants to win at the Junior Olympics. Um, mm. So it's kind of like a relationship of both. You know, where do they want to be? And then where are they excelling? And then once you find that sort of that marriage of the two, you know, that's when you can really get into the, the meat of developing uh, the athlete. Mm. What, what's the, I mean, I come from <clears throat> uh, the basketball world, um, which is very cutthroat. I'm on the Nike circuit. Teams are constantly recruiting against each other. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of technology going on on this side. What, what's the culture like in the, in the track world with recruiting and different competition with different programs? What's, what's that like? Uh-oh. Coach Noah, you want to answer? Because, you know, I talk all day about that. So, you know. No, no yeah, I'll go ahead. Man, the culture, it's, it's pretty cutthroat here, too. You know, uh, at the end of the day, all teams all teams want the fastest kids. But I know uh, me and Coach Steph was talking about it when, talking about it earlier, and I just told him, man, any coach, any coach can inherit talent, right? You just get talent and you get like in basketball, you give them the ball or in track, you say, hey, turn left, go fast, right? But I, I feel like it takes a special coach to develop talent. Mm. And uh, and that's what we do. That's what we've been doing in Beast Mode. And it's not just a saying that we develop talent. We're getting the kids that most teams don't want until they ran with us for a year and they see what they're what they're capable of. We were at the, uh, the regional meet uh, this past weekend. And I was walking with Coach Boyd, and he was like, "Man, you can see all the recruiting, and you can every." I had um, I'll just shout out one of our kids. We have a kid, um, Mike Edwards, who everybody in our organization will agree that he he has heart like no other. Uh, all season, I'm a I'm a hurdle specialist, so all season he said, "Coach Noel, I want to hurdle." Coach Noel, I want to hurdle. And then one random day, I said, "All right, come on." So we tried it. We put them in it at the district meet. And then, like, that's the end of the season. Like, usually when you go to districts, you're running races that you've been running all season. But he ran hurdles for his first time at district and ran, we just threw him out there and he ran like a 17 8, which for the 80 hurdles isn't a very impressive time. Came in at number, at number seven, right? Uh, got to, we, we had one practice before regionals. He came back and ran like a 15-5, which will put him in like top five in the nation now. So went from 17-8 to 15-5. And when it, when you ask about the recruiting, literally soon as he crossed the finish line, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Soon as he crossed the finish line, you see one coach at the gate going to talk to the kid, an 11-year-old kid talking to him. Then you're walking out and you see two coaches talking to his dad. And it's just like they're pe- people recognize talent and they don't care what jersey you have on. They, they you know, you can take that jersey off and switch it off anytime. But uh, they they recruit heavily around here hey, it's as so, much as they can. It, it gets so bad. Uh, I remember the year before last, my son is a junior. We got the same exact name. I'm the head coach of Beast Mode. My son was recruited. And they were trying to get him, and they noticed my son, and they know that I'm on the team. It's a cold <laughs> so, game, baby. Oh, look, <laughs> it's a cold ask game. my son 
where's your mom? <laughs> wow. 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 Mom's daddy. Like, okay, where is your mom? Can we speak to your mom, not the dad? I'm going to talk to your mom. <laughs> it gets crazy out here. Hey, when that time comes, like, everybody be knowing that sooner or later, we're we going to sit at the top in a lot of the races. So you'll you get a lot of, like, even Coach Steph. We, we, we watched the coach come talk. Some said something to her son earlier, but it was praise. We can actually say that it was praise, but it's praise for a reason. Of course. You know how that go, you know, but. That's just the nature of the game down here. They don't even care where you at. We ain't got to wait till it's over. We'll see you in the parking lot. They'll come in your huddle. Wow. Or, or, or in your house, man. They trying to go to my yeah. man's wife. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like yeah. the pillow talk means nothing. Anywhere they can get it. It's, it's, I right. think it's more cutthroat than basketball. I coach high school basketball also. Um, okay. And, um, man, I you wouldn't even think that the track world is crazier than football and, and basketball. Wow. But just being a part of all of it, man, I, the track world is crazy. Like, it's wow. – you look at the forums, you look at all these group sites and, and see the talk and everything going around, like, U.S.-wide. Like, it's it's crazy, man. Mm. Talk, talk about uh, the Junior Olympics. How, how does that work? How does – how does uh, like, how do you qualify for it? That type of thing. Well, usually, usually Texas, Florida – Sometimes Georgia, those are your harder stakes because a lot of the track, major track athletes come out of those states. Not saying that there's not any talent in New York, because I know right. it is, but Texas is so huge, like so large from every area. You just have so many athletes. So it's usually like if you can, if you're in the top in Texas, then usually you can say you might as well go ahead and say you're probably in the top eight in the world. Um, mm -hmm when you come out of Texas, cause it's so hard. Like you probably like last year or two years ago, the post COVID, pre COVID year, we had a, um, just say our relay, our relay went like 56, five. Um, but we had three relays from different teams down here competing all year with around the same times. The next time when we came in was like 59 or one minute flat, you know, coming from other States. That's how crazy it was. So Texas, we went in the order one, two, three. And a lot of times you see it like that. Um, even right now, if you go and look at the stats, like her son um, in the 400 with the 10-year-olds, like he was sitting at the very top. Then you have a few kids you'll see from Texas. You might see one or two from Florida somewhere out of the way. Um, but it's kind of how it is. So you qualify down here. You, it's different regions to qualify because there's so many different states. So you qualify in your region. So a lot of times – Texas, we kick a lot of our faster kids out, kids that could have actually made it to Junior Olympics. They don't get to qualify because you still have to allow six kids because the top six usually make it in the event from other states to actually qualify. So when, when it comes on, if you had a kid running 17-5 from Iowa and we had these kids over here running 15-2, they'll get kicked out if they wasn't in the top six. Mm. So mm. – it's crazy. That's why the competition is so hectic um, in Texas. And we see it a lot in Florida. We see it a lot of times in Georgia, too. Sometimes even on the West Coast, like in California, you'll get those few candidates out there. But that's how it, that's how it happens. They'll bring the top six, and then they'll all it'll be like 200. And I'll say, like, pre-COVID, it was like 212 athletes who competed in the, the 100. And that was one age bracket. Um, and then they'll – Qualifying, quarterfinals, semis, um, and then on to the finals. 
and the, only the top eight make it to the finals to consider who's going to be the best in the world. But we do a tracking thing because we're able to see what, what organizations are running across the United States. So we get to see, okay, if, if we don't think they're on our level here, let's go look at whatever, Illinois or New York or Miami. Let's see what they're putting out. And then they'll track it and we'll see where we stand amongst pretty much every team. So, and we've been in number one. A lot of our kids been in the number one's position this year. Um, different races when we look at the tracking. Um, her son is definitely one of them. He's he's a mini beast. I'm talking about it's probably going to be the shortest thing on the track. But when you're talking about the, the heart of a lion, hey, that's what you see. He's going to, uh, and I can actually say that every race, he's going to probably be the shortest thing on the track. But his legs be moving. But it, <laughs> the work ethic, man, he, he puts in the work. Only thing we can do is teach it. They have right. to do it. They have to bring it. So that's pretty much how it goes. This year is in Texas. Lucky we get a year in Texas. Next year to be back in North Carolina, um, Virginia, then Iowa. It moves around. We get it like every six years. Um, so every six years it'll come back to Texas. But it must be something in the water in Texas. Because speaking of that, Miss Richardson, she's from. She's from Texas, right? Dallas, Texas. N number one in the world. We don't care what they do with her. She's oh, number one hey, in the world. Hey, they didn't even want to run if they can't run against the best. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Making these rules up as they go along yeah. for us. Right. No doubt about it. You mentioned, you mentioned um, uh, the 400 and, uh, you know, Steph's, Steph's son and how, and she mentioned how you, you kind of you saw him running that race you know, from, from early on, what, you know, what goes into that? Like why, you know, what, what did you see that made you think 400, not 100, you know, how does that work? Well, he has, first of all, I would say he has an engine. He has an engine like no other. And, and you know, by them being kids, being so young, when he first started, when I first got the opportunity to, um, to watch him, he was racing my um, little cousin. Uh, and a lot of times it'll just be demeanor. Like you can tell if a kid, like, even us at this time, if we're competing, like we get those goosebumps, that feeling of that, that competition level and anxiety. And but when you're so young, even the best break down. Like I, I've seen even my son. He at the beginning, like he was just he used to be terrified of people who were probably coming twelfth place when he was the number one in the world. But mm -hmm. it's just that anxiety of being a kid and watching and seeing everything's going on and a lot of that. But you could kind of tell just by watching him that he had. He had the it factor. Like, and if you if he just had the opportunity to work with the right people or uh, let, you know, allow us to develop. Because at the beginning, when we first start, um, saw Coach Steph, we were on separate teams. So we were able to kind of like watch the competition, you know. And so I was able to kind of assess what he was doing. I can kind of see a few things. But when he came over, when she decided to make the move and came over, like it was just like it was a match made in heaven because he he was a producer. And then once he kind of broke those little fears, I mean, of course, he'll still have them because he's still a baby, but you just seen a whole nother dimension. Like, he'll, he'll outwork. I, you can tell him little small stuff like, man, he's going he gonna to blow you out the water. It ain't nothing you can do about it. Now, back in the day, that probably would have worked. Now, he, go, he already going to come back with, a, with his own little line. He's going to let you know. <laughs> we'll see about that. He's going to have something to say, but it's just – Development, if they believe in you, developing the mind first, I would think, is a major part, especially in dealing with any kind of kid, because right. that's what they're going to antagonize first. That's the first thing. If, if Just like basketball, like you were speaking about basketball, if we're on the court, it don't matter if I'm, I'm Michael Jordan status. If you can get in my mind, it's over. 
you know, yeah. it's over. And it's the same way in track because they talk a bunch of trash on that track. Lining yeah. up all the – it's crazy. But they, they talk, do. Yeah. They do. It's crazy. I, I've yeah. heard yeah. things to each said. other. <laughs> but that's how you do it, though. You know, if right. you get in the mind, you done, that's it. Right. But a lot of that. And then, you know, like we all, we get together, we'll group up and we'll talk about each individual kid. We'll assess them. We'll see where they started at at the beginning, as opposed to two weeks later to a month later. Um, track the times and individual races because we make all of our kids run the exact same thing. We train the same way at the beginning because there is no special talent. Everybody got to get to work, you know. So whether whether it be a kid who's a 100 runner who claims that's all he does, he's still gonna run that mile sooner or later. He's still gonna run that 800. He's still gonna he's gonna do everything everybody else does, you know, just to see where he is because they don't know. They right. don't know. They they watch TV. They watch videos. They see who they want to be, and that's what they go off of, you know. Even the parents parents got a lot to say about their kids. My kid don't run the 200. He got to run the one. Definitely can't put him in the fold, but them be the same kids who come out there and go get a medal in Junior Olympics in the eight. Right. right. You know, so you get, you get a lot of that. How, talk about that, the parents, because we all, you know, from the basketball side, parents get out of control. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the probably hardest people to deal with, like much more than the kids. Like, so is it like that in track also? I assume it's more <laughs> Look at Coach Boy. Coach Boy just looked up in the sky. <laughs> Go, go ahead, Coach. I'm going to let y'all two have that one. Hey. And uh, the parents, so first off, out of all the coaches, I know, I'm, I know the, young, coach, I'm the young cat. Yeah, right? that's what I'm about to I know Coach I Noel here, got, like, he can give you probably like 12 stories right off the top and of the head. The parents are, it's, it's parents, it's funny because it's parents that never did the sport, right? All they see is, like if you're doing, if you're playing basketball, everybody wants their kid to be the point guard. Football, everybody wants their kid to be the quarterback. So in track, he's like, no, my baby a 100-meter runner. But no, he's not. Like, <laughs> I, I, I hate to tell you, but, he, but he's not. But we're – like, Coach Board is really good at just kind of, like, blocking the parents out. I'm probably a little more lenient. I'm always trying to – because I'm like, okay, this is your kid. Let me hear – let me hear what you have to say, and I'm trying to – you know, because you might you might see something that I don't see as far as mentally. You know what I mean? But that man, the parents they always they want to they want to be involved, and I know it's just the the love of it. You want to be involved in your kids' path and stuff, but uh, it's just like no, we got it, <laughs> we got it. <laughs> what about you, Steph? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got to hear from you. mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, for the most part, though, I'm going to pat us on the back, though. I think we manage the parents really well. Um, and I think it's because we all work really well together. So most of the time we already know, you know what I mean, like what's going on. So we can kind of intercept all of that. Um, but they're right. I mean, and, and I will say this, like Coach Boyd is really good about listening and Noel. They're really good about listening to the parents and what they, you know, want. But once they're, I think once their minds are made up, though, they're like, stop it, yeah. go sit down. We, you know, we're not doing that. Um, so a lot of times, you know, I'll get a parent that comes up to me and be like, can you talk to Coach Boyd? Because I really want my baby to do da, 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 da. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> if we said it, I don't think that's going to fly. Um 
But but to be honest with you, and this is you know been a re- reoccurring theme is development. You know, once they see their children doing well and succeeding, and the kids grow in confidence, and you know they're making their own connections and relationships on the team, and you know because you know when things start off, you know uh, it's all about the work. But of course, you know the more time we spend together the more uh, relationships uh, grow and develop and even the parents with us and the kids with us and with each other. So there, I think that, you know, at some point in the season, we've developed enough trust as well that that's not as big of an issue anymore Um, because now it gets to the point where they understand that like we're putting the kids in the best position possible and we, and we're watching and we're paying attention to that. Um, and we're also really big about, you know, rewarding the kids for effort. You know, if you put in a lot of effort and you say this is something that you want to try or do, like uh, Coach Noel just told you about Mike Edwards, he, his heart is, I mean, it's huge. If Mike doesn't do well on the track, I mean, he is just, he's roasted. I mean, he's done. He's coming off the track totally upset. And so when he said that he wanted to try hurdles and, Co- and he knows Coach Noel does not play with hurdles. You know, if you want to do hurdles, he's expecting you to come over there and be serious about the hurdles. So the fact that, you know, Coach Noel was like, I see you, I see, you know, your production on the track and I believe in you. So come on and let's try the hurdles. And then, you know, we we wind up at top five in the nation. So um, we're very fortunate to have really great <laughs> Shout out to the baseball parents. <laughs> <laughs> and keep them coming. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and the, the biggest thing with the parents are once they see, once they see their child buy in to mm-hmm. what we're doing, then they buy in. Right. Because, and, and that's the biggest thing because it's, it's like a, it's just the process. When we first get out there and we get new kids or kids trying new things we have to buy into what they're doing and then they trust us and uh they may not want to run the 400 or the 800 but they run it one time and then they're like oh i got a medal maybe i can do this mm-hmm. and then they buy into it and they're coming to the track saying hey coach you know what? i need to work on this or coach boy i want to get better at this and then when you get that then you know the parents won't be a problem because then the parents are going to come what my baby need to be doing on the side for this and that. And, and like I said, we, we have a very good parent group. They're very supportive. They come out. Uh, when we Like Coach Boyd said, when we come to the track, we have the loudest colors on. You know where Beast Mode is. So they come out and they represent for us. But at the end of the day, they're definitely, they're definitely trying to advocate for the kids, which they're supposed to do. But as soon as the kids buy into the process, the parents do the same. Nice. Mm. So, Coach Boyd, this goes for, for all of you guys, but, you know, you mentioned at the beginning the program, how, you know, it's much deeper than just track or any sport, really, what you're trying to do. So I'm wondering what you, you know, what you want the kids, all the kids, to get out of the program? Like, what what's your ultimate goal to, to bring to these kids when it's all said and done? What you want them to take out of the, the whole experience? I think I think the major thing that I initially wanted all the kids to understand is that it's always you are special and you always will have someone who believes in you. You know, sometimes like even with me when I was in school growing up, because I I grew up raised by women. And I remember those days where I'm coming from basketball practice and having to run all the way home, probably like 10 miles 
because <laughs> I didn't have a ride or whatever. And and it took a coach to kind of step in. It was like, man, I see what you're doing every day. You know, uh, for now and I got you. Just hold on. I'll get you home. You ain't got to worry about that. So I kind of took that with me all the way through college and career-wise. And I said, that's what I kind of wanted to be. I want to kind of be a mentor to the kids. I want to come back to where I'm from in the hood, show these kids the same type of love. So that way, if it happened to me, I know it can happen with them. I know that when they get older, they'll always remember what we done for them. And then they'll hopefully keep the same mindset. It probably won't be 100% of them, but hey, one or two we say, and they go back with the same mindset and help those kids that's coming up up under them. I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. I mean, so far I've seen a lot, a lot of my kids' lives change just from being able to run track. And not just from the sports side of it, uh, just from the mental side, because they had to learn that hard work. They had to learn the ethics. They had to learn the morals of it. Like it was, it was more of a history lesson, actually, you know, more so than just going out there competing, even though that's what we were doing. So I feel like just from that aspect, girls and boys, like I'll, my first thing I always tell them is you can tell me any sport you, you love, but running is the basis of all of them for the most part, right. unless, you, unless you're playing golf, you know, for the most part, running is going to be the, the basis of all of them. So if you want to play any sports, you got to get in here and work. You, you got to run, you got to get in shape. You got to do this. You got to do that. So they all bought into it and sky's the limit. And that's, and I think that's the reason why the program is like growing, growing constantly. Like even coming into this year, since it was post COVID, like I was telling coach Noel initially, I was like, man, I don't want to deal with a whole lot of kids. Let me just, we're just going to take this initial group by like 12, 15 kids. The most we ain't, we're not doing any kind of like pushing advertising, promoting anything. Let's just focus on these and get them to JOs. But it doesn't, when you're a good program and when your program speaks for itself and it's reputable, sky's the limit. And here we go. We pop up one week. I'm coming straight from work and it's 35 kids on the track at, at third track practice. I'm like, what is going on? Like, hold on. Who told these people I'm even practicing? <laughs> like on no type of level, you know? And then all of a sudden, it's just, just word of mouth. They back practicing. Let's get over there. We got people driving an hour over an hour just to come to our practice like every day and they're beating us there and we 10 minutes down the street or 15 minutes away they're, they're getting there so it's like the program speaks for itself you know and sometimes you know it don't even have to be about word of mouth because the proof is in the pudding if you're at a race and you see all these beast mode kids crossing the finish line first then you know something something's going on at that place that we need to come find out we need to see what's how can we be a part of it you know, and we get that every day. We hear from different people all the time. You know, we we probably bring 60 kids at the most, 50 kids to the most to the meet. But who always cross the finish line first for the most part? It's always going to be beast mode in every race. The one, the two, the four, the eight, the 15, like every race, the relays, we're always going to be in the top with just those 50 kids. As opposed to we got like three or four, four organizations down here that will probably bring like 400 kids to attract me <laughs> and I mean mm. but you what's the point when you're not winning races like you of course you'll win you three or four now you, with that many kids it's like it's like a 6a school compared to a 3a school you're gonna get some type of uh, quality you know out of a 6a school where you can put together but as opposed to that 3a school we're developing them they seeing the love they know that we love them we're passionate about what they do they buy into it and sky's the limit from there you know, it's interesting hearing you coach because um, 
there's a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are in the different communities and different pockets of the United States that have the same mindset, you know, of using basketball, soccer, um, in your case, track to develop the kids, you know, organically and holistically. So I just want to give you give you guys a lot of respect, credit and, and praise for what you guys are doing, because, you know, our kids need it in all these hoods that we come from. I'm from Brooklyn. So I'm doing it on this side and you from, you know, you obviously from Texas, Houston. So, you know, respect to you guys. Thank you. And and yes. No doubt. No doubt. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. This was great. We got to to learn about what's going on at Beast Mode Track Club out in Houston. Uh, Of course, thanks to Coach Roderick Boyd, Coach Devin Noel, Coach Stephanie Merritt. Um, like I said in the beginning, I mean, you know, you, and you mentioned a couple of times you got so many kids doing big things in all these different races. The Junior Olympics start July 27th, go through August 8th. So we got to uh, keep a lookout for beast mode representation out there. But H Town, H Town, H Town, baby. <laughs> um, but like I said, thanks a lot for coming on. You educated us, you educated listeners, and hopefully we get you back on real soon. Right, we definitely appreciate you allowing us to come on, man, and Sean giving us this platform to speak about the club. Yeah, Beast Mode, and I got to shout out my favorite, some of my favorite rappers too. I'm sorry, I'm I'm a little Scarface. Yeah. I got to shout out Scarface, UGK. All right, <laughs> piece to the piece to the H, man. You know, but I, you know, say. I heard I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor. Uh, that Coach Boyd you used, used to do your thing in, the, in that category. Oh, hold up, man. Look, I was trying not to say nothing. I got a million stories, but hey. Oh, man. Hey. That's a whole not. Listen, that's we got to bring him up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other world. I heard he you know, rapping with like Corrupt and uh, Daz. Oh, <laughs> man. You should have told me that at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where it all started right there, man. Like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Soft face. I just have started having visions in my head of me opening up and me and them on the same stage together. <laughs> time, just rocking crowds, man. No question. Yeah, man. It's Those are the days right there. Yes, sir. Wow, yeah, we, we definitely have you back on. We'll, we'll focus on that part. <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. All right. Well, like I said, thanks a lot, man. Beast Mode Track Club Houston. And uh, best of luck. And you guys are doing great things, great things. Right, we appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Peace. Good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I said, a Junior Olympics coming up. The Olympics themselves coming up. You mentioned uh, Shakari uh, Richardson. That whole story is terrible. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, she was about to be the star of the whole Olympics on some Flojo type vibe. And they got, you know, they use, you know, little. Trignology. We're yeah. going to call it trignology. Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, doesn't she train in a, in a, in a state that uh, approves this, uh, that weed is legal? Yeah, I mean, please, man. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Let's not get into weed, that. weed bus stories like this is not yeah that's a joke people for alcohol and cigarettes right now right that's a joke like come on so yeah we we lose probably you know i I don't even know if i want to watch the olympics after this i probably won't be watching the olympics you know i'm looking at the olympics like the nfl right now right right so that's a terrible thing but hopefully you know she's young uh hopefully you know i'm sure we'll all she'll get her fame that she probably deserves right so good luck to her we're, like you said, we're, we're with her regardless of what 
the system does to her. Yep. Yep. Kind of used to this, you know? Yep. Yep. But so, no, they're doing great things out in Houston, developing the, you know, you know, supreme talent from young ages. We're going to have, we'll probably have uh, Coach Steph back on uh, with her two kids. That'd uh, be great. Later on. Um, so you'll get to see that also. But no, that was great. Just, you know, because we do a lot of basketball and, and seeing the big things that people are doing with other sports too. Um, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I, enjoy, I enjoyed uh, myself. Um, I learned a lot. I hope our listeners learned a lot. Um, track, the track culture sounds very similar to the basketball culture mm-hmm. as far as recruiting. And, you know, it seems like Beast Mode does a great job developing their, their talent. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just proud that, you know, these brothers and sisters have formed some type of unity um, with them themselves and, and they're helping to lead these kids in the right direction. So shout out to Beast Mode. Yep, no doubt. Uh, of course, like you said, thanks to everybody listening. Hope you learned something. Um, keep supporting us as usual. Keep listening to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, keep following us on social media at UpNextPod on Instagram, at UpNext underscore pod on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube, and uh, we'll be back next week with some more fire for sure. Peace, everyone. Time to put on for your city when they never heard of you. Ball player, ain't no watching from the side. Uh, picking up them pieces, ain't no limits in the sky. Uh, said you got up next, but gon' show them why. Uh, one, two, that's a three. Now take your shot, ball player. Bishop Lachlan, purple and gold, that's a flex. Uh, Kylie Green, got me a scally for he left. Uh, Joe Cash, something like dollars on the check.